Live from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. Invisible ass paddlings, new douche flavors, and horrible pranks? The fuck is wrong with these guys? And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Should I throw away all my socks, then only buy 30 pair of one kind of sock? Will they eventually not match up? <laughs> I may never know. Two douchebags and a microphone says... You ever dream about eating chocolate pudding and wake up with a spoon in your ass? Just asking. Hey everybody, this is Two Douchebags and a Microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. All right. Well, this is going to be the Hairy Asshole Olympics part whatever. We don't keep track anymore. Um, we're still in the second round. Yeah, we're still in the second round. Anyhow, I have two wild cards that I, I am still introduce, to introduce. I took my pass card and used it last week, so I no longer have a pass card. So, um, uh, you still have Abraham, a pass card. Abraham. No, I was the one that used the wild card. Oh, you used the wild card. That's right. And I used the pass card. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I still have two wild cards that I can introduce. And I may do it this one or maybe not. So, the first one that I think we should put against each other, and I'm just going to go down the list. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Hank Williams Jr. versus Ron the Hedgehog, Jeremy. Ooh. I know. I think the Hedgehog, and here's why. Yeah, Hank is very hairy. Junior is very hairy. He's got a thick beard and everything. But he's probably 80, isn't he? He's probably lost some of that asshole hair by now, don't you think? Yeah, some of it. Oh no, we could always we could always defer to Topher if you want. Hmm, I was gonna kind of slide with Hank Junior. Okay, tell me why. Well, Ron Jeremy, people have seen. There's proof of him. Mm-hmm. There is not proof of Hank Jr. No, that's true. Okay. Let's go with Hank. Because it's not going to matter anyhow. I think our wild cards are going to take precedent over everything. Okay, so Hank Jr. it is. Next one. Robin Williams versus Will Ferrell. I'm going to go with Robin. I think you're right. All right. Next one, Andreas Bocelli versus Rob Zombie. Oh. I'm going to go with Zombie just because dreads. Yeah, yeah, zombie. Okay. So, all right, we got we got all of that, and you won, Rob Rad, you won against Jake Sully. So we don't have one for you. So I'm gonna bring out one of my wild cards. All right. It's gonna be you, Rob Rad, against Mick Foley, Mankind. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and Topher have fun with that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Mick Foley <laughs> versus Rob Rad, <laughs> and it's to be decided by Topher. Okay. All right. I told you. I told. You, I am not voting on myself. Okay. I, that that would be wrong. That okay. Would be wrong. Okay. Then I'm not going to vote either. This is going to be left to Topher. Okay. I love the fact that it's not in our wow. hands. He he's going to determine yeah. whether you go on or not, and it depends probably on how evil of a mood he's in. <laughs> so, right. So okay. And uh, do you have uh, do you have any wild cards you want to introduce? And I can bring out mine, my other one. That'd be my last wild card. I've got one wild card left too. Or do you just want to save them and we'll insert them, plug and play later? I'll just I'll wait. I'll you know what? I'll wait too. Let's see the outcome of uh, of uh, Mick Foley versus Rob Rad, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there. All right. So okay. So that is that one. We're going to have to start putting them up against each other coming up. What what we have? We've had what three or four rounds, right? Something like that. Okay. We gotta uh, go back and figure out all the winners that have been left over from each round, and then reintroduce them to the new winners, and um, and maybe even bring in some extra guys. That sound good? All right. Okay. Well, um, speaking of assholes and ass, you know, Sonic has introduced some new burgers. Was that a good was that a good transition, Rob? That was awesome. Okay, good, good, good. That was awesome. All right. All right. This week Sonic introduced the new Hickory Barbecue Cheeseburger and brought back the garlic butter bacon cheeseburger, which was available for a short period in twenty twenty two. Both burgers are already available at Sonic restaurants nationwide and will stay on the menu through the end of the year. Sonic's brand new Hickory Barbecue Cheeseburger is topped with Hickory Barbecue Sauce, American Cheese, Onions, Pickles, Lettuce, and Mayo on a toasted bun. Its returning Garlic Butter Bacon Cheeseburger is topped with Garlic Butter, American Cheese, Bacon, Mayo, and Grilled Onions on a toasted bun. Both burgers are available on their own or as combos with your favorite side and drink. And if you're willing to opt for a different beverage other than your uh, tried and true Sonic is also releasing a brand new style of drinks for the first time in four years. The restaurant is adding new Sonic Rechargers with Red Bull to its menu. Sonic Rechargers with Red Bull will be available in three flavors, Dragon Fruit, Blood Orange, and Twisted Lime. And each flavor will feature Sprite, the flavor additive, Red Bull, and the Sonic's classic Nugget Ice. However, you, uh, you know their Nugget Ice is that almost crushed ice. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, they have the best ice. And it's, it's, so it's going to have Sprite, whatever flavor additive you want with Red Bull. So Sprite and Red Bull with whatever. You want nectarine in it. You want tangerine. Yeah, you want cherry, whatever. You can put it in with a Sprite and Red Bull. And it, and it is called a recharger. Okay, if the burgers and drinks aren't enough to get you to the restaurant, don't worry. Sonic also has a new dessert this month, too. Sonic rolled out its new Trick or Treat Blast, which is your choice of vanilla or chocolate soft-served, mixed with Heath Pieces, M&M's, Minis, and Oreo cookies to uh, menus nationwide. Yep, that means this month you can have all-new burger-drink combo and dessert from Sonic. You could have a three-course meal, all brand new, all that you've never had at Sonic ever before. So, you know what? Get your ass down to Sonic and quit fucking bitching, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Other than that, we got nothing else for you there. Anyhow, Rob, you got something you want to go into? Sure, I got a little story here. All right. 
Venezuela's Lake Maracibo has been polluted with so much crude oil over the years that it can be seen from space. Now, a young environmentalist is trying to change that by asking volunteers to donate their hair to soak up the oil, the Washington Post reported. <laughs> Celine Estrach, 28, is the founder of the Venezuelan environmentalist organization Proyecto Serena. She and her team are collecting the hair and plan to use it later this month. Estridge told the Post that thousands of people have already donated and some even brought their dogs in for a haircut to contribute to the cause. Wow. In uh, 1989, Alabama-based hairdresser Philip McCrory created a prototype for an oil cleanup device made of human hair a device that NASA tested and deemed effective. So that's why she's trying to make one herself, is what she's doing. Uh, that's cool. And trying to clean up this lake. And yeah. That's pretty cool. That, that is, that's very I like, cool. I like seeing younger people taking initiative. I Me really too. Do. Me too. That's a good story. I mean, besides the lake, you know, being in crude oil. I mean, that, that's a yeah. great thing. And actually, I've been using that out in the ocean for a long time. Have you known that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they've been okay. using human hair to soak up uh, oil deposits in the ocean for quite a while now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been going on at least maybe eight, nine years, and it works relatively well. Uh, I guess what they do is a lot of places will uh, save the hair from people getting haircuts, and this will be donated to places that actually use this to uh, help the ocean out. Look it up. It's really interesting. It looks like this giant net full of hair, and they throw it in the yeah. ocean. And you can see, the, like the you can see the oil separating from the water, and going into this hair, and soaking into this hair. And, and it's a lot better than all these chemicals that they got to throw in the ocean. That's, I mean, not even arguably. We know these chemicals are no good. You know, whenever they have an oil right, spill to right. soak up the oil, these chemicals are horrible and lead to a lot of fish poisoning and coral reef killing. Where this uh, hair deal is natural and it does not hurt the ocean and it's replenable. I mean, you know, people grow their hair, they get it cut off all the time. So you have all the hair that you can get. And, you know, if you have enough people on it, then you could probably stay ahead of this problem just with human hair. And I think that's a fantastic idea. So good. All right, good, uh, good, uh, good story, Rob. Yeah. Um, in Atlanta, you know, first dates can be weird, right? Right. Well, first dates can be tricky, but one in Atlanta got downright slimy when a woman slurped down seventy-eight oysters. I think is what it is. Here it says. No, 48. 48 oysters. The woman posted about the date uh, at Fontaine's Oyster House on TikTok, saying the man asked her out on a first date, uh, and uh, he agreed to uh, buy her, you know, um, some drinks, but he, they weren't even talking about dinner. So anyhow, the lady proceeded to order $185 worth of oysters, which is 48 of them. And um, so the guy, he got really irritated, and he took off on her. So she put him on blast on the Internet and said, you know, hey, man, you know, that's kind of crappy, yo, taking off on me like that and everything. And he wrote back online. He was like, you know what? I agreed to drinks, but not 48 oysters. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know you yet. Why should I buy you that many oysters? And it's downright rude when someone's offering to pick up the check to buy that many. I mean, if she would have just bought one order, I'm sure he would have been cool with it, right? He'd been like, okay, that's cool. I can right. handle that. But 48 of them and being a $185 tab like that, it, not good. I mean, almost $200 and he doesn't even really know her yet. So he took off. She right. put him on blast. And uh, 
Anyhow, like uh, some people said, I don't know if they ate 48 of anything, maybe Skittles. Others agreed they would have left, but some said the date shouldn't have walked out on the bill. The restaurant manager told Rolling Stone that eating 48 oysters is pretty impressive, but not unheard of. She was nice, the manager said, uh, Kelsey Flanagan, told Rolling Stone. I just hope she's not getting too much flack. But the the man took and uh, online he posted, he said, you know what? He said, I'll gladly pay for the drinks, but I'm not going to pay for your 48 oysters because that was downright bullshit. And I agree with him. He, he offered to take her out for drinks. And like I said, if she would have kept it within reason, like maybe an order of oysters, he probably would have been fine with that, right? But the thing is, you get 48 of them, that's rude. That's just like... I don't give a fuck if you have enough money on you or not. I don't care what kind of money you make. I don't give a shit about anything. All I want is to eat 48 oysters, and I don't give a shit what you think. And I think that that's pretty classless. And, I mean, I mean, I guess walking out was okay. I mean, I don't know, you know. Maybe, maybe you should have told her something like, you know what, I don't appreciate you doing this, and I'm going to leave, but here's my portion of the drinks. I guess he could have done that, right? Yeah. Instead of walking out. But, oh well. It sounds like uh, she said that... Uh, that It sounds like he's going to pay for the drinks and she's paying for the oysters and they're just going to go about their own ways is what it sounds like. So, I guess it all got settled after all, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, how about if we come right back and I will tell you about this new Alaskan Air coffee that they're really proud of. Sound good? Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags in a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Now we go to the amazing Mark, the palm reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mark the Amazing Palm Reader. First in line, please step up. Oh, let's see, young lady. I see a long lifeline. I see success, happiness, love, fortune. I also see a bit index finger. $20, please. All aware of the Amber Alert, right? Well, get rid of your disinfectants and rubber bedspreads, kids. It's the all-new Amber Herd Alert System. This fantastic early warning device helps one stay dry and rid of all those annoying mattress invoices. Simply hook up to child under six or psychopath and wait for the running water sound. This clever machine has three distinct settings, Babbling Brook, Ocean Waves, and Roaring River for those close calls. Order today and get a free Cinnabon Renewsit cartridge. Two douchebags and microphone on Mark. And I'm Rob. All right. Well, Alaskan Air recently has canceled its um, uh, its partnership with Starbucks to serve Starbucks coffee on their air flights. Um, they opted to go for Stumptown's Holler Mountain, which is over there um, on the West Coast. I think it's might be from Oregon, maybe. It's the best-selling certified organic coffee from uh, Oregon. Uh, three coffee experts uh, at Stumptown's created an organic blend that fits, that's fit for the skies. For those who don't know, your taste buds react differently at a high altitude, which is why food and drinks can taste different in the air compared to on the ground. I've noticed that before. Alaskan medium-dark blend uses the same clean and sweet base as Holler Mountain, but with a primary focus on a roast that's mellow, mellows acidity and introduces just enough uh, toastiness to please a wide range of palates. It's exceptionally smooth and balanced with aromatic notes of toasted marshmallows, brown butter, and toffee with delicate hints of citrus and cherry. 
Additionally, Stumptown dialed in this roast to be delicious when served black or with the addition of creamer or oat milk, which is now offered on Alaskan flights. Alaska's custom roast will be available exclusively on all Alaska flights starting this fall and will be on every flight by December 1st, 2023. Plus, guests can sip Stumptown in, uh, in Portland and JFK lounges. Uh, they'll be uh, serving uh, Stumptown's Holler Mountain um, in um, their espresso beverages. And um, also, it looks like they'll have them in cans and bottles at kiosks. Um, so anyhow, cool. uh, it, it, it sounds good because your your taste buds do change. They prove that when you get into a higher altitude. And uh, and the taste of this coffee sounds like it's really good anyhow. I mean, did that not sound like a perfect cup of coffee? It did. Yeah, low acidity and the notes of butter and, uh, and um, oh, the toasted marshmallow and all that. I mean, it makes sense to me. So, anyhow. Yeah. Yep. Um, Taco Bell's come out with a new steak and bacon grilled cheese burrito. Feet. cool. Yeah, features marinated grilled steak, potatoes, chipotle sauce, nacho cheese sauce, reduced fat sour cream, three cheese blend, all wrapped up inside a warm flour tortilla with more three cheese blend and bacon grilled on top. So, um, it almost sounds like marinated grilled steak is almost like their answer to chipotle, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It it suspiciously sounds chipotle-like. So, and Chipotle, coincidentally, is getting ready to raise all their prices. I read that the other day, or so, I think I saw it on the news. So, anyhow, um, Ozzy, I guess, um, took and put some sort of hash in Sharon Osbourne's meal a few years back. Didn't turn out so well. What? Yeah. Sharon Osborne is re, uh, reliving the moment Ozzy Osborne spiked her dinner with cannabis. <laughs> the 69-year-old music manager and TV personality who has been married to Black Sabbath rocker, who is 73, I think oh, he's going to be 74 in November, uh, since yeah. 1982 recalled the moment she had tucked into a meal that had been laced with black hash. Speaking in a joint interview with Zane Lowe, she revealed, I broke his guitar one day because he made me a stew with some shit in it. The Prince of Darkness initially denied her accusation, saying, I never fucking did that. But when pushed by his wife to reveal what was in it, he said, a bit of black hash. <laughs> the, the former X Factor judge went on to explain that the substance had sent her crazy and she ended up smashing a guitar. While Ozzy revealed she'd thrown a phone for extra measure, Sharon revealed I was eating the stew and it sent me crazy. It made me violent. Randy's guitar was there and I picked it up. I slammed it against the wall and and all all that was left was a neck and it just made me go insane. And it was and it was you that made me do that, Ozzy. That's what she said. <laughs> she took Randy Rhodes, one of Randy Rhodes' prized guitars that uh, Ozzy had hanging up. And smashed it into nothing. Wow. Yeah. The paranoid singer who shares children Amy, 38, Kelly, 37, and Jack, 36, with with the TV personality says she gets on the phone and she throws the phone at me. (laughs) The couple will no doubt be uh, celebrating um, Ozzy's number one album with Patient Number 9 and his uh, Grammy Award-winning and Patient Number 9 and Ordinary Man. He's getting a lot of kadoos on his last couple of albums, which have been really, really good albums, which have been quality yeah, albums. And I commend him for adding to his legacy when he could just be like, um, he could just be going through the motions and being Aussie and being reverent and cool and loved. But no, he's trying to pad his music career and all the people that said, like, you know, he wasn't a real musician or he wasn't that great of a singer or all that, they're not going to have much of a leg to stand on. His body of work is insanely good, wouldn't you say? Yep. Yeah. 
I know we may not be the last singer, but I'd rather hear him hear him sing than a lot of other people. So doesn't matter, you know. So, Rob, you got anything you want to go into? Yeah. Um, police in London are seeking answers two years after the remains of a man were found in a basement freezer. Roy Big was reported missing in 2012, but it wasn't until October 15, 2021, that he was found in a freezer in a building that was used to be a wine bar, the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Police Service said in a statement. He was identified through dental records. Police believe Big was in the freezer for several years and was around 70 when he died. Despite previous efforts, police are still searching for information about his killer. It's now been more than two years since Roy was found. Detective Chief Inspector Kelly Allen said in a statement, although our investigation and previous media appeals have provided us information about Roy's life, we still need your help to identify who is responsible. Hmm. What is their currency over there? Pounds? Yeah. Okay. Hey. $20,000 pound is being offered for information leading to the arrest, charge, and prosecution of those responsible, that police say. Big's cause of death was inconclusive. Anyone with information called Metropolitan Police. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Nine years. Okay. Wow. Um, and nobody reporting missing. I know that's what I'm thinking is is like, did he not have a family or? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you hear about the uh, Whataburger employees that uh, let a customer in a very unusual way know that they uh, found her phone? Huh. Whataburger, its employees, let a customer know she left her phone at the restaurant. They they took and uploaded a video of them on her phone and posted it on her social media through her phone. So they did a video going, hi, whoever, we have your phone, na na na, you know, doing little skits and little, and, you know, and little songs and stuff. And then uh, her friends immediately let her know. So when she got her phone back, she put the hilarious video up on TikTok. It received almost 400,000 hits. The video had several employees seeing and said, uh, 40 days and the phone is ours. So they were counting down. They said, hey, today's 40 days, 30 more, 39 more days, and it's one of ours. So uh, anyhow, um, you know there is. You know what? Let's uh, let's take a little break, and I'll go into this. This is kind of a lengthy subject coming up. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes, and I'm going to go into grumpy stayers. Have you ever heard that term, grumpy stayers? No, I haven't. Well, you'll hear you'll hear all about it here in a couple of minutes. We'll be right back. All right. I think we found land. Oh my god, I think we're safe. Oh no! It's the island of horrible jokes. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! <laughs> Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. You are dressed like an assistant debate coach at an Ohio State Middle School. You need protection from fucktards? You have people coming and fucking with you constantly? You need answers? You need solutions? Smack, Smack in the, the nuts! nuts. 
That's right. Smacking the nuts is what you need. Smacking the nuts, get rid of said losers in no time flat. Smacking the nuts. Available everywhere wherever you buy self-defense items. Here are just a few testimonials from some satisfied customers. Stupid fuck come to me. He talks stupid. He no let me go. Smell like sack of shit. He spit talk all over. I remember smacking balls. I use shit sack. Shit sack lie on ground. I walk off. Thank you, smacking the balls. You saved me from smelly, smelly spit. Well, I had this stupid son of a bitch come around me. Uh, he would not shut his fucking yapper for nothing. He gets up on me and he talks all stupid. And I didn't know what to do. I could not shake this motherfucker like a booger. Then I remember smacking the nuts. I pulled out old smacking the nuts. And that motherfucker went down like a sack of fucking potatoes. Thank you, smacking the nuts. You saved me once again from stupid motherfuckers. Smacking the nuts. Don't leave home without it. Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags in a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Two douchebags and a microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Okay, a grumpy stayer is a guy that hates his job, but he stays there because he can't get another one, at least not current. You know, maybe in the future he could or whatever, but he or she is madder than hell that they're still there, but there's nothing they can do about it. So they're a grumpy stayer. They're staying at their job, but they don't want to be there, so they're called a grumpy stayer. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. yeah okay, okay. Jose Gonzalez has a job, but he's not happy about it. His new, more prestigious IT position hasn't been all he thought it would be. He's doing busy work all day, and he's uh, disengaged from his team and his work. He finds going into the office even more depressing than working from home. There don't seem to be really good jobs out there except for the unattainable or the meaningful, Gonzalez said. So yeah, I'm very grumpy lately. He's one of the country's grumpy stayers. Workers who are reluctantly staying put in a cooling labor market. Grumpy stayers are in some ways the next um, um, the next iteration of quiet quitters. Rattled by layoff, layoffs and fewer opportunities, they can't skate anymore or be as vocal about their discontent, but they also don't want to stay. Gonzalez isn't alone. Some of these workers say they've uh, hopped into better roles and didn't end up being uh, what they'd signed up for. Others uh, lament missing out on the great reshuffle in which a wave of people traded up jobs until they were happy. Some see their job prospects hindered by unnecessary degree of certification requirements, while others say companies are prioritizing perks over actual career advancement. These uh, factors have combined to create a situation where many workers feel stuck. The great resignation was supposed to help them gain more power, money, and benefits, but that hasn't worked out as planned. Now, as the labor market cools, Conditions are ripe for grumpy stayers to get even grumpier. I'm pretty much uh, stuck here doing this work now, Gonzalez said. I was talking to an acquaintance of mine who's a recruiter, and he's telling me summer is the slow time that there are no jobs. So grumpy stayers come in many forms. Some, like Gonzalez, shuffled into jobs that weren't as good as a, a fit as they'd hoped. Others, like Elizabeth, a barista in Massachusetts, have found themselves spinning in the same role for four years. Elizabeth has been in her, with her company for 18 years. She, uh, she said she'd uh, been staying at her role of, uh, out um, and been job hunting for a year, even though the second uh, part-time job she was looking for, she hasn't had any luck getting I can't find anything that pays more or even what I'm making. She doesn't require me to, to be certified or have a degree or something I don't. But at the same token, 
you know, she's getting tired of being a barista and trying to advance her career. Recently, she found herself tipping off the grumpy edge. She figured she'd uh, never been able to get a higher paying position without spending time in a management role. So when an opportunity to move into a management position arose, she applied. But after she got passed over for the role, she started having panic attacks at work, she said. She added that at one point she almost walked out, but then found herself sitting on the floor crying instead. Now she's on leave from work. <laughs> um, you got anything you want to say to that, Rob? Not really. Me neither. I, 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 no. I don't know. You know, everybody goes through hard times, but you know what? I mean, uh, I, I, you know what? Forget it. Okay. Um, Anyhow, uh, this has become quite a problem, and to be quite honest, you know what? You can dislike your job all you want. Um, is it paying the bills? Is it your job and not someone else's? You're better off than a lot of people, so you know what? Um, yeah, I've really got nothing else. I, I mean, yeah, nothing really else to say about that. So, um, anyhow, Rob, we turn to you. You got anything you want to uh, speak of, talk about, anything? How about another American songwriter list? Ooh. All right, Rob, the floor is yours. Please go forth. This one's a pretty cool one, too. Okay, cool. I'm ready. This is, this is five of the strangest backstage rituals of classic rock stars. Okay. Okay, number one. Van, ha uh, Van Halen would always request a bowl of M&M's, but assert there should only be brown M&M's. Brown M&M's, yep, that's a famous story. Yep. That, that one I heard. That one I had heard of. I love it. They used to make people get brown M&M's. <laughs> they had yeah. to sort through them or whatever, but they could only have brown M&M's in them. <laughs> okay, number two. Paul McCartney. Before he would go on stage, he'd do a face steam. Oh, wow. And he got that, and he learned that technique from Little Richard. But then to wind down after the show, uh -huh. he'd, have, he'd have a sandwich and a margarita. Good man. Yep. Number three. Okay. Keith Richards. Gotta have a shepherd's pie. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, number four, Robert Plant likes to iron. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, like clothes, like clothes. Yeah. Just likes to iron clothes. Hang them up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, number five. Yeah. Alice Cooper likes his kung fu movies. I could believe that. Didn't know that, but yep. I could believe that. Cool. And that concludes our American songwriter list for this evening. Okay, very cool. I I really like those things. I um, do too, man. I I really do too. Okay. Um very cool. American songwriter, huh? That's where the list come from? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know that in Canada, ride passengers were rescued after dangling upside down, 75 feet up for a half an hour? No, I didn't. Well, now you're getting there. You're going to hear about it. A Canadian amusement right. park ride turned into nightmare fuel on Sunday after stopping suddenly, suspending passengers upside down 75 feet above the ground for nearly 30 minutes. 
The Lumberjack Ride, located at Canada's wonderful theme park in Vaughan, Ontario, contains two hydraulic arms shaped like axes that swing back and forth, occasionally propelling themselves into a full 360-degree swings. Both of those axes stopped moving at 10.40 p.m. local time, according to a statement from the park shared with NPR. A wonderful spokesperson did not disclose the cause of the ride's a wonderful, I don't know why they said that, but okay, whatever. Uh, a spokesperson did not disclose the cause of the ride's abrupt stop, but did say that the maintenance team was able to respond quickly. All passengers were back on the ground by 11.05 p.m., the park said. The two people were treated for chest pain before being released. Theme park crowds watched as the rescue unfolded capturing the dangling passengers crying for help in the video shared on social media which they do show uh oh my gosh if you get a chance look at it rob it is it's fucked you see people just oh, like well. yeah it's yeah it's not good so uh anyhow interesting stuff so i ran across this newspaper ad okay uh, Started out an ad, but I, I think they had to go back and fix it. It was a singles ad. The following ad appeared in the Atlanta Journal. Single black female seeks male companionship. Mm-hmm. Ethnicity not important. I'm a very good-looking girl who loves to play. I love long walks in the woods, riding in your pickup truck, hunting, camping, and fishing trips, cozy winter nights lying by the fire, candlelit dinners will have me eating out of your hand. When you get home from work, I'll be at the front door wearing only what nature gave me. Call 404-555-1212 and ask for Daisy. And down below it was printed, over 1,500 men found themselves talking to the Atlanta Humane Society about an eight-week-year-old black Labrador retriever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, Very cool. Funny. Oh. Um. Let's see. What else have we got here? Um. You know, uh, there's a lady that. Um, left and came home and found out her home was mistakenly demolished. Wow. Uh, yeah, Susan Hodgkin found a pile of rubble in place of what used to be her longtime family property when she returned from holiday, she told WAGA-TV. I'm just left with a ba- big old mess, Miss Hodgkin said. She said a neighbor called her while she was away asked if someone had uh, been hired to tear down the vacant house. I said no, and she said, said, well, there's someone over here who just demolished the whole house and tore the entire house down, Miss Hodgkin said. When the neighbor confronted the workers, Miss Hodgkin said she she was told to shut up and mind her own business. (laughs) Miss Hodgkin sent a family member over who asked the workers for a permit. When one of the workers checked the permit, Miss Hodgkin said he admitted he was at the wrong address. <laughs> the house did not oh, have wow. anyone living there when it was demolished, Miss Hodgkin said. We keep it boarded, covered, grass cut, and the yard is clean. The taxes are paid, and everything is up, is up on it. <laughs> she said she, was not, she has not heard anything from the company's response. It's just hard to believe that someone thinks they have the right to just come over and tear something up, walk away from it, and and then and didn't even come back and say I'm sorry or nothing. Didn't say anything about how they're going to fix the problem or nothing. I would say that she has probably has a pretty good lawsuit on her hands, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 I would. yeah. That's yeah. Yep. Um. Anyhow, uh, so you got anything? Yeah, I, got another, okay. I got another little list. Okay. I just pulled up. Okay, this was from two, I saved this two days ago. Okay. So it would have been October 22nd. Mm-hmm. It's a list of notable albums released 
on October 22nd in rock and roll history. Okay. Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin II, 1969. Okay. Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, 1974. Wow. Bob Seger, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Night Moves, 1976. Okay. Elton John, Blue Moves, 1976. Cool. Depeche Mode, Construction Time Again. Depeche Mode. 1983. Cool. Paul McCartney, Give My Regards to Broad Street soundtrack. Oh, wow. That one's not very well known of either. No, it's not. Aldo Nova, Twitch, 1985. Oh, wow. I forgot about that one. Oh, my God, that one flopped big time. Big, big time. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It was a good album. It's just his type of music really wasn't in anymore. 1985 was like the glam, sleaze rock era. And he was still kind of doing that 1970s hard rock stuff. You know, rainbow, purple, you know, stuff like that, Zeppelin. Right. So, anyhow, go ahead. Uh... Bad Company, Fame and Fortune, 1986. Oh, yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Journey, Trial by Fire, 1996. I remember that shit show. <laughs> yep. The Cranberries, Wake Up and Smell the Coffee, 2001. Yeah. Uh, to be fair about that album, is the whole music scene changed again. Yeah, it, it, be- it became poppy, and they were the old um, pissed-off um, alternative crowd, and it just didn't go over. Not, just right. Yeah, anyhow. Uh, Foo Fighters, one by one, 2002. I'm, I thought, okay, all right. Uh, I like that mm-hmm. one, but anyhow. Uh, this, this is just a list that come out on October 22nd. No, I, I know. It's cool. Yeah. I'm just, like, adding my own whatever to it. Right, right. Uh, Jackal, Relentless, 2002. Yeah, that one blew. That one blew goats. Yeah. Yep. Gary, Gary Clark Jr., Black and Blue, 2012. Have no recollection of that at all to you. I don't either. Okay. Uh, Dream Theater, A View from the Top of the World, 2021. In 2021? That's what it says. I know they're still around. Huh, okay. Uh, Yep, that concludes that list. Okay, wow. Okay, Uh, like always, stellar lists, really... Really good information. I mean, at least for nerds like me, I love information like that. I think it's excellent. But I right, mean, right, you know, right. Um, there's two separate Halloween, two separate Halloween displays, one in New York and one in Ohio, that are going viral thanks to their common theme. Do you know what that common theme is? What? Taylor Swift. <laughs> Heather Noled of Peru, New York said she and her family are known for their elaborate Halloween decorations, and this year they decided to go all out in tribute to their mutual love of Taylor Swift. My four daughters and I have been, uh, been to every concert except for Lover, of course, because that was during COVID. Since my girls were very young, we have always been Swifties. We attended her concert this year at Gillette Stadium, and we tried to make some of those ideas and bring them here for everyone to enjoy, Nolette told WPTZ TV. The spooky Swifty display features an, an, an animatronic skeleton band playing along to Swift's songs with coordinated lights as well as numerous skeleton sporting costumes inspired by the singer's most iconic looks. And you gotta look this up on YouTube, Rob. It is real. They really went all out. It is very cool. Meanwhile in London, uh, meanwhile in London, Ohio, Terry and Jerry uh, Keytron took a similar inspiration for their Halloween decor. 
The display, which titled Taylor's Stiff Concert, <laughs> featured a skeleton swift on stage performing with a crowd of devoted skeleton fans. There are even security guards making sure Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey does not get on the stage. <laughs> Terry Ketron told WLTWT TV, she is an amazing human being and is such an inspiration to all women no matter what age. So, all right. All right, Rob. Uh, you got anything else? Or are we going to go ahead and shut this shit show down? And I'm going to put on a couple little extra, um, couple little extra, um, what, what do you call them? Uh, a blast from the past on this one right here. Well, actually, I do have one last little tidbit. Sounds good. Go forth with it, Rob. And then I've got a final thought. All right. All right. Um, this has to do with the... You remember on Gilligan's Island, that white radio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they... Everybody, anybody our age remembers that white radio. They kept having to work on that bitch to keep it going. The battery power, they had to fucking, um, what, do that, um, uh, that, that stationary bike to get it to work. Remember that? And they're out in the middle of nowhere, but they can pick up radio stations. I I know, I know. If they were that close, they would have been found. Uh, I mean... Um, I think even AM back then would not travel that far. So anyhow, well, not not to the South Pacific where they were supposed to be. But go ahead. The Gilligan the Gilligan's Island radio was actually not a prop. It was a working radio, Packard Bell model AR eight fifty one tabletop AM radio previously purchased by show creator Forward Shorts to listen to Dodger games in his office. Huh. Schwartz did not like the black radio used in the pilot. Throughout, thought the white radio would show better. He had the prop department add the handle and the antenna for effect. Uh-huh. When the show wrapped after the third season, Schwartz took the now iconic TV prop back to his office, plugged it back in, and continued to listen to Dodger games on it for decades. <laughs> what That's a cool, cool story. Man. That's very cool. All right, I think that's a perfect way to round out this uh, program with a couple of uh, blasts from the past added on to here. So um, anyhow, I have one final thought, and then you guys will get some goofiness and then some blasts from the past after this. So um, only in America do you have a kid wearing $150 tennis shoes, sipping a $7 cup of coffee on a $1,000 phone, complaining on social media that capitalism has failed them. Right? Right. Rob Rad? Yeah. Have a fantastic evening. Thanks for joining me again. You too. All right. Happy ever... birthday again, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. That's why we're doing two podcasts tonight, because tomorrow I'm not present. I'm not around. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Oh, or as Jim Rome always said, I was in the basement. Tomorrow I'm in the basement. Don't look for me. I'm not there. Everybody, have a good night. Thank you. Night. As much fun as an electric can opener to the scrotum, two douchebags in a microphone. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. I From the past. This is where we take old shows and incorporate them into new shows. Because you fucks refuse to go get it. When we were in high school, um, we had this guy, fucking corn-fed piece of crap. Anyhow, um, his uh, 
with his nickname was Biggum, Biggin. So, anyhow, uh, Biggin was a, he was like a big run stopper and, and really not worth anything except that. I mean, yeah, you know, he just takes up space, takes up space, and that's it. Yeah. So we'd be doing practices and begging to be hard to get around. He's just this huge fucking lump of shit. <laughs> so, so anyhow, uh, begging was uh, that, that was pretty much it. Okay, so, um, damn it, here I am, like I'm prepared because I don't have it written down, and I thought I could just do it. So, okay, begging was this run stopper, and he was dirty. He he. Um, what he'd do is whenever you're in the middle of the dog pile, at the bottom of the dog pile, mm-hmm. he grew his fingernails out uh, and he would sharpen them. Uh, he, his index finger and his thumb, he'd grow them out and sharpen them. So what he would do is when you're in the bottom of the dog pile, he would get right up, and he'd wear a jock strap, of course, you know, yeah. and he'd get right up against your nuts and just like pinch the fuck out of you so bad it would be uh, black and blue for a month. God. It'd draw blood. So, yes. yeah, and then even worse, Whenever his helmet would be knocked off, which was often because it, we were a small school, and I remember Center gave us some helmets that were extra. They got new ones, and uh, Notre Dame did. Notre Dame Design did, and real football programs gave us free helmets. Yeah, but they were already, the already beat the crap and yeah. used. And actually, we had to put our own logos on them because yeah. they were what we had to make sure they were white helmets. That way, we could put the blue horn on there or the gr- purple horn. For a Viking on there. Yeah. Okay. So, they sort of beat old Dale with a new fucking horn on him. <laughs> so, and none of them would ever fit. They're always loose. We never could get them to fit right. I don't yeah. know if all that beating, like, made them cockeyed or something. Yeah, mash the foam down in weird ways. Yeah. So, we always had these helmets that would, like, fly off of us constantly. So, but that was one of the things about, you know, about being in that type of a school, that small of a farm school, was the revenue wasn't really high that they were yeah. getting. So you had to do, to have a football program, it consisted of number one, paying the school. We had to pay the school to be in football. Wow, yeah. yeah. And um, and also we had to take hand-me-downs from anywhere. Otherwise, we'd be paying for our own equipment. And yeah. we did pay for some of our own equipment. Imagine. Yeah, like our cleats. If you wanted a real pair of cleats, a good pair of cleats, you had to buy them yourself. Mm. Uh, if you wanted ones the schools assigned you, they weren't worth the shit because they were hand-me-downs. Yeah. So. Wow. And, and also, you know, like Biggin, he was horrible in school. He was terrible in school. But, you know, and he went the brightest. He, he was a dumbass. And he was an asshole. And he they kept him going because they probably really needed the tax money. They needed how many heads to make this much. Well, yeah, you know, that's true. Stay in business. Basically, that's what it was, was to stay in business. Yeah. So, um... Biggin was there as a run stopper, and uh, we had this little guy, Jimmy. Um, he was faster than hell, and he was just a little bitty guy, and he was a running back. Mm-hmm. And no one could stop him because he would literally almost just like run under your feet. He was, and it was like <laughs> a little lightning. And so um, he'd always get by on Biggin. So I think there's a little bit of Biggin being mad. So um, there's this one play. What, what it is is you couldn't turn in. You know, whenever Biggin did this, you couldn't turn it in because the coach did not like you to turn in, like, uh, um, you know, penalties or anything oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, no, no tattletales on the team. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. felt like that was his job to, number one, call penalties, and number two, no tattletaling. So if someone, like, tripped you or was holding you, the worst thing you could do is go, hey, he held me, and he'd make everybody run gassers. Yeah. And gassers were the field side to side two times. Punish and, everyone to make you shut up. Yes, and then in the locker room to get your ass whipped. <laughs> yeah, I'll Man, bet. You made me run five miles, Wallace. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Knock the piss out of you. Yeah. Kick the hell out of you. Laugh. So. So. So uh, Biggin could get away with it, yeah. knowing that you'd be the bigger rat for turning him in. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. So you had to kind of take it. I mean, and I, I have yeah. plenty of welts underneath my ball sack. And, you know, I hated this fucker. So everybody hated this fucker, but nobody wanted to do it to anyone else, you know. We, no one did it back to him. We didn't do it to each other. It's just, it was too dirty. Yeah. So, uh, like I before mentioned, everybody's helmets would fall off routinely. No big deal because, I mean, they were beat all day hell when we got them. They were cockeyed. They didn't work you know, yeah. very well. But that's all we had. Unless you wanted to buy a brand new one and, you know, we were mowing lawns. Yeah. You know, so... 
uh, you know, so, so it, we were using those. So there was this one play, we were getting ready to play, I think, Drexel, which was our arch rival, and, mm-hmm. you know, and like everything you've seen at, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know, Kill <laughs> yeah. Jefferson. The signs yeah, and the, the pep sign, club. Yeah, and all the, that. The assembly where yeah. you all yell and Let's cheer. Let's kill Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Let's kill Drexel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And me, I didn't give a fuck, man. I was pretty much a freak <laughs> yeah. that they pretty much forced into playing football. And You're just time, more happy it's Friday night than you are about anything else. Yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I'm thinking I don't want to fucking be here. I want to go out on the gravel roads and fucking smash beers with my friends. I don't yeah. want to be here. But I played because I really got pretty much pressured into it. Come on, we need people because we really did need people. Yeah. I mean, we had pretty much one at every position and one guy that could do a little bit of everything. Uh, like one guy that could do four things, one guy that could do five things, yeah. another guy that could do three things. And those were our backups. We had like no actual real backup person. Doing yeah, it, no, no first string, second string. It was a, yeah. a little more immediate than that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so they really did need me. Yeah. So, um, Biggin was in the middle of this pile, mm-hmm. and this was, uh, we were uh, practicing against our arch rivals, and this is late September. Yeah. But it was really hot. So real, real hot. So, it one was, of you is the practice team wearing the other team's Yeah, yeah, colors. wearing Drexel's colors yeah. in the white and everything. So... It was really hot. It's like around 100 degrees. It's like winter's last or summer's last. Oh yeah. By, like flipping you off and uh-huh. slamming the door. And I remember very well. I mean, we were all just fucking hotter than hell, sweating ham chunks, fucking gravy. Back then, and, they they thought it was better if you didn't drink water. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Yep. So we're all in that dog pile, and all of a sudden I hear, like, yeah! <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, and so Jimmy. He had this problem with some sort of weird-ass pariasis or jock itch or something. I'm not sure what it was. It was something like that, mm-hmm. and it was on the inside of his thigh, right up there. Be like a fungal infection? Yeah, or, it probably yeah. was, but it was probably combined the heat, combined with the material from the jock strap. Oh, but I remember irritating. he was showing people, and they're going, man, this shit sucks. It hurts like fuck. I can't put on my jock strap. Mm. Well, he had to go without one. So Uh-oh. he was in practice just hoping he didn't get fucking racked. Because yeah. that's the only thing that would save you was your jock strap. If yeah. you got smacked in the nuts, it wouldn't hurt nearly as bad because you're like safely tucked away. Kind of distributes the impact around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, instead of the little fling that's like <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, that like all of a sudden just stuns you and you don't know where you're at for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Time so. stops and then you think you're dying and then you hope you're dying yeah and then, you, <laughs> then you wish you were dead yes. and then you walk off gingerly oh, 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 I'll be in the locker room so Jimmy could not wear a jock strap so oh, we Jimmy. hear this fucking scream in the pain mm. so all of a sudden Jimmy gets up and blood is running down the inside of his white pants oh. I mean not just kind of I mean it was running oh. and the coach automatically he freaks out he's like ah Son of a bitch! So he runs over there, and the first thing he does is he pulls down his pants because, you know, number one, he thought there was a jock strap underneath there. And he didn't expect it all to just fucking flop out. Number two, there's these huge bite marks on his fucking nut. <laughs> oh my god. And there's blood running everywhere. Uh, and the coach just flips out. Who the hell did this? Who did this? Who did this? And everyone's like pointing at fucking Megan. Uh, <laughs> you did this? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so he takes a and uh, he calls the uh, health team, not the paramedics, the health team that we oh, had. Yeah. He calls them out, and I think I actually think Jimmy ended up going to the hospital over this. Oh, I imagine they yeah. probably chomped through a blood vessel. Oh, probably. So they had the uh, health team come out there, and they're over there trying to fucking do pressure and Jimmy screaming which I'd be fucking crying I tell you yeah and then fucking coach grabs fucking biggin by the ear and takes him straight into the office mm. so biggin gotten a lot of shit over that but I I think he he didn't go to jail that day but I think he had a court date over it yeah if I remember yeah. correct this quite a while ago but I think he went to court over it I don't think he did any time but I, I think, I don't know if like, like right now, let's say he's looking for a job um, 
in a secure, like an air base or something, uh-huh. or something that, um, well, like the Federal Reserve downtown, I've done that job there, and yeah. uh, you have to uh, get a clearance. Mm-hmm. If you have any type of a record at all, they will not let you in there. Yeah. So I don't know if to this day if he can't get a secure job like that because he's a nut biter. <laughs> I guess yeah. that would depend on how old he was at the time. Because prior to a certain age... Oh, he would have been 17, 16 probably. Yeah. yeah, so it's probably juvenile records and those can get sealed, expunged, well, then he, all then that it, kind of stuff. Then it's probably done. It's yeah. probably been done. I mean, if he was 18 at the time, he probably would have wound no up way. having to list as a sex offender. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't think that but, that's what happened. Yeah. I think that it probably went away when he was 18. But he did get in some shit. But I, if I remember correctly, this is a long time ago. This is eighties, yeah. early eighties. So yeah, uh, nobody wanted to deal with it back then no. as much as they're willing to deal with it now. No, no, no. That was such a shock to people. Yeah. We all knew this shit was going on, but he never did bite your nuts either. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Everybody yeah. wore a jock strap. He knew about where he could go. Yeah, you, you kind of figured that there was a point that he wouldn't. Cross. Who was this fucking moron? This, this woman just left the coffee shop talking to herself. Oh, okay. I think she got. I don't think she was happy with her service and walked out complaining. Oh. And <laughs> we all got to hear it. Okay. <laughs> hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Whew. Man, that smells. 